everybody. Welcome back to Perplexity, a mystery podcast. I am your host, Kadra, and I am so excited you guys have decided to join me today for another perplexing story. This one will be short but sweet, and there should be some laughs along the way. Today, we are going to be diving more deeply into mass hysteria, which I started to talk about in last week's episode, but we're going to do a bit more of a deep dive into it, and I'm going to share a couple more perplexing stories that involve, or what seems to involve, mass hysteria. Also, just a quick shout out to Finland, because I have some new listeners there. So hi to Finland, and thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I really appreciate it. So mass hysteria, or mass psychogenic illness, is defined as the rapid spread of physical symptoms such as hyperventilation and twitching among a substantial group of people. But there's no plausible organic cause. So basically, the symptoms are real, and they can be serious. There have been many examples of mass hysteria throughout history, dating as far back as the 15th century. But mass hysteria is not in the DSM, and not a lot of people have studied it. So just a couple of things to keep in mind as we talk about it. So there was an American medical sociologist and author named Robert Bartholomew, And he has done a lot of research on mass hysteria. I mentioned him in last week's episode. And he defines mass hysteria as a collective stress response prompting overstimulation of the nervous system, thinking of it as a software problem. So I am going to share with you three crazy examples of mass hysteria, ranging from the far distant past, the not so distant past, and the present. First, we have two very strange cases, but I'm going to kind of wrap it into one. And both were in nun convents. So during the Middle Ages, many nuns were forced into these convents by their parents and often stressed by a lifestyle not of their own choosing. One that demanded celibacy, poverty, giving up material things, and hard manual labor. So two especially strange cases involved meowing nuns and biting nuns. So let's get into it. In the first case, a nun in a large French convent began meowing one day. Soon, others joined in, and eventually, every nun in the convent was doing a little a little meowing chorus, just like a bunch of cats. <laughs> and the noise became very structured. They would all meow together <laughs> for several hours at the same time every day. So it was like a routine. They wake up, they have their morning prayers, and maybe have a little coffee, a little tea, and then it's time to meow for four hours. <laughs> Just wild. The neighbors at this nun's convent became extremely annoyed. So I guess they were meowing pretty loud. And basically what ended up happening is the neighbors got so pissed 
they started complaining about it and a group of soldiers in the area got word. So the soldiers ended up threatening the nuns. They said they would beat them if they didn't stop meowing. And after that, they stopped. So I guess the threat of violence worked. The next strange case with nun convents was next door in Germany in the 15th century. One day, a nun began to bite her other sisters in the convent. It wasn't too long before all of the nuns were biting one another, almost like a zombie apocalypse or something. So word spread about these biting nuns, and people were scared. They feared there was maybe a virus going around, some type of really bad infection. And if it was an infection, it seemed to spread. This actually started happening throughout a lot of convents. It spread all throughout these convents in Germany, mostly in Saxony and Brandenburg. But even convents in Holland and Rome were starting to complain about this. There was a doctor named Justice Frederick Karl Hecker. They were also a a medical writer. And Hecker studied disease in relation to human history. He talked about this strange phenomenon with the biting nuns. He wrote, quote, A nun in a German nunnery fell to biting all her companions. In the course of a short time, all the nuns of this convent began biting each other. The news of this infatuation among the nuns soon spread, and it now passed convent to convent through a great part of Germany, principally Saxony, and it afterwards visited the nunneries of Holland, and at last, the nuns had biting mania even as far as Rome, end quote. So this has been well documented. It did happen. So people are freaking out. It's spreading everywhere. And of course, during this time period, these areas were very, very religious. So these priests would come in and try to perform exorcisms on these people to get them to stop biting each other. And that didn't seem to work. So similar to the case of the meowing nuns, Then, they threatened to get violent towards these people. (laughs) And once again, the nuns seemed to stop this strange behavior. Other people say the nuns eventually stopped biting out of sheer exhaustion. (laughs) So basically, their jaws were tired. I guess if you are biting people all the time, it could be pretty tiring, right? So next up, we have a not-so-distant-from-the-past story, and we are going to go to India. This happened in May of 2001. In Delhi, India, there was a major heat wave during this time, and there was also a power outage, as if it couldn't get any worse. So residents of the Delhi area would get so hot in their homes that they would actually go to the rooftops of their houses to try to get some relief. During the nighttime, people would even sleep on their roofs because it was cooler up there. But after residents began to do this, many started to report being attacked by a mysterious creature. The creature was described as being part monkey, part man. So, like, some type of cryptid. 
People had vastly different descriptions of this creature. Some people would say that the figure was three feet tall. Other people said it was as big as six feet. They would also say it had arms ending in sharp claws or even metal gloves like Freddy Krueger. And some people even said that this strange monkey creature wore a motorcycle helmet (laughs) and a leather jacket. So I'm not sure what kind of look this guy was going for. Other people also said this creature would wear dark glasses. And then there were other people that just reported seeing a shadow of something. The victims were mostly men of low socioeconomic status. And the only reason I'm pointing this out is because with mass hysteria in a lot of these cases, they say that it's more common in areas with low economic status because they are going to be more stressed out. They're going to be you know, under more duress a lot of the time because they have to deal with a lot of things that people of privilege do not have to deal with. So these men of low SES would come to doctors with injuries and these injuries looked like bite marks. Two people even died from falling down in sheer fear of this shadow or this monkey man creature. One man was so terrified when he saw this creature, he fell off the roof. The other person who died was unfortunately a pregnant woman. She fell down a flight of stairs. There was also a third man who fell off of a rooftop. He was running away in fear, and he heard another man nearby freaking out. He was screaming, and he said something had pulled on his sheets when he was trying to sleep. So with all of this going on and people having bite marks, there were these medical reports that were commissioned by the police. And they actually determined that these wounds were self-inflicted. And I'm not a forensics expert. I'm, I'm not a medical expert in this realm, so I'm not sure how they determined this, but they did. And I, I mean, this was in 2001, so it's, you know, it's fairly recent. I would like to think they had some decent technology and expertise to determine that, but who knows. In this area, there was also a lot of media portrayals of this. There was a lot of gossip. A lot of people were scared. So a lot of people also think that the media and the reactions from everyone around them enhanced this mass hysteria. There were never any photographs or tangible proof, like footprints, of this creature being real. People began to call this creature Monkey Man, and this fear actually became so serious to the point where it was causing mobs in Delhi. People were running manic. People were getting hurt. It was pure chaos. Dozens of serious injuries were caused while people tried to escape from the monster in large groups. And eventually, a local power company agreed to temporarily suspend rolling blackouts to allow people to sleep inside of their apartments. So I guess they were trying to conserve some energy, but when it resulted in all of this, they were like, okay, never mind. (laughs) We'll, We'll compromise a little bit. So while there are hundreds, if not thousands, of examples of mass hysteria, I'll end with one final example. 
And I vividly remember how much this blew up in the media, specifically across the United States. So this is the clown mass hysteria. And this was in 2016. There were massive reports of people seeing creepy clowns everywhere. Do you guys remember this? Let me know. Uh, I have, and I know this is an irrational fear, but I have an extreme fear of clowns. So I remember this was going on when I was in early college and I was very nervous. <laughs> Just the idea of seeing a clown ever very much creeps me out. Basically, the sighting seemed to start in South Carolina in late August of 2016. And the reports were unsubstantiated. People would say that clowns were trying to lure children into the woods. Very it movie type of vibes. There were dozens of reports that were starting to pop up then in Alabama and Wisconsin. And many of these reported sightings were hoaxes. With that being said, a handful of these incidents did actually lead to arrests. So in Alabama, there were actually seven people who faced felony charges. And this was because they made terrorist threats connected to clown-related activity. That's how it was described in the sources I could find. Hundreds of students at Pennsylvania State swarmed surrounding campus streets and they went on a clown hunt. <laughs> Again, it's, it's spreading, the media is blowing these stories up, so people started going hunting. And this actually reminds me of the episode I did, I think it was episode three, Goatman of Maryland, when everyone started seeing the Goatman and people started going Goatman hunting. A Connecticut school district in New Haven banned clown costumes as well. And a college in Massachusetts had an armed clown hoax. That basically resulted in the school having to be locked down for a short time. This clown chaos actually got so bad that the White House had to address it. Josh Ernest, press secretary, had to address this, saying, quote, Obviously, this is a situation that local law enforcement authorities take quite seriously. And within all of this craziness, the local clown communities also started to get worried. A man named Jordan Jones, who was only 22, was working part-time at a haunted house, and he portrayed Snuggles the Clown, which immediately no. And Jordan was interviewed. In this interview, he said, quote, I fear for my life. At the end of the day, people look at me like I'm a clown trying to hurt them. I feel that people are out clown hunting because they think it's cool now. I'm scared someone might take a swing, end quote. Which I'm like, dude, are you just walking around the neighborhood in your clown costume? Do you not change at work? Like, <laughs> or does he mean people will go through the haunted house and punch him because I feel like that's gonna happen anyway <laughs> I used to volunteer in a haunted house and I I would see that happen like fully grown men punching young teenage boys who are just volunteering at the haunted house because they got so scared so this guy Jordan Jones 
actually started a Facebook page when all this was going on, and he called it Clown Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Jordan Jones actually posted on this Facebook page quite a bit. He said, quote, this is very serious for me. I put a lot of time and effort into this. <laughs> it's not a game anymore. Teenagers going around thinking it's funny. I think it's cruel. I think it's sickness. We're not the people in the woods. I'm not the enemy, end quote. <laughs> it's just so silly. So those are three wild stories and examples of what seems to be mass hysteria. If you disagree, let me know. Or if you remember any of these events or know more about them, I want to hear them. So there you have it, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. You all are amazing. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you did, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star review. If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. It really, really helps the show. Subscribing and leaving reviews is the number one best way to support the podcast. That is the best way to shoot the show up the algorithms so I can get these stories to more people. And if you have a story, I would love to share it on the podcast. Send me one of your crazy wild stories. You can email me perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail, or you can DM me on Instagram. You can also check out my website. I have not bought a domain yet, so it's like a long link. But if you go to my Instagram bio, my flow code link, you click on that, very first button will take you to my website. So you can keep in touch with me that way. You can send me messages. Uh, also in my flow code, it'll have different buttons to show how you can connect with me, all my socials, how to support me, support the podcast. So that is always appreciated. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I will talk to you next time. Bye.